Welcome to episode four of the Stay Humble podcast. Today's guest is co-owner of Proactive Fitness, Alex Benson. I interviewed his business partner, Jay Bell, on episode three. This episode, we discuss his transition from professional sports athlete to being a successful gym owner. We discuss the current situation we are living in, and I ask Alex what his future plans are for himself and the business. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to Stay Humble podcast, Alex Benson. How are you feeling today? I'm good, David. Thank you. I'm good. Um, well, I'm trying to stay positive, mate, under these circumstances, mate. But yeah, I'm good. I've just recently uh, moved house, so I've got I've got plenty on the uh, plenty on the plate, mate. Plenty to keep me busy. So certainly challenging just moving house, let alone dealing with this at the moment. I can imagine. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we were due to move literally a week before lockdown, so we'd packed the other place up, everything was in boxes, I'd packed all my clothes into suitcases, and like five days prior to moving, they literally locked everything down, so, you know, it's been fine, there are people in worse situations than me, but nobody's problems are ever as big as your own, um, yeah. so when we got the all clear to move uh, last Friday, we, we was gone, so... It's been been a challenge, mate. Obviously, nowhere's open. It was difficult getting removal guys to wear and stuff. So, uh, but it's something we'll talk about in the future. And remember, so it's all right. That's great. Um, firstly, I just wanted you to give us a little bit of a brief introduction about yourself, Alex. Just for those. Yeah, no Yeah. So, uh, obviously, my name is Alex Benson. I am thirty-five years old now. I'm getting on. Um, so, I mean, for those that are listening that, that have kind of tuning in for the sort of topics that were discussed I think the main thing to speak about for me is is my background in sport and, and obviously what I currently do now in the gym so <clears throat> I played rugby league all my life uh, I started playing at five years old as, as an amateur in Hull as every kid in Hull seems to and then was lucky enough into to progress into you know the professional ranks I, I played at Hull FC from you know 16 to 21 22 uh, and then I had seven years playing in the championships, obviously a, a, a drop below Super League. And you know, it was amazing. It was it was a great time. It was something I look back on now with good memories. Um, and then from there, I, I progressed into um, owning a gym, which is which is what I do now. I know we'll go into this in more detail later, but you know, I opened Practice Performance as it was back then, off the back of my love for. Uh, all things training, really, strength and conditioning, um, athletic development, sports performance. You know, I thought I was going to change the world of strength and conditioning in England. And then I soon realized that we don't live in America and there aren't the amount of athletes that are willing to pay for coaching. Yeah, well, that was exactly (laughs) that, mate. You know, I I sort of started listening to Jody Franco's stuff and looking into, you know, the way that he runs his gym and the NFL combine style gyms like Exos and you know, Mike Boyle and what have you. And, and we opened an amazing facility. I was a terrible businessman. I had no idea what I was doing. Again, we'll go into it later. But, you know, that was amazing, mate. I mean, you was probably one of our first members. That was, that would be, I think, seven or eight years ago this summer. It was 2013, I can recall off the top of my head. Yeah, seven years, mate. Seven years is, is crazy. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um but yeah, you know, that t- today I've got, I mean, I've got a family, I've got two kids, um, and that's kind of what it's all about, really. So, you know, my life was taken up by sport. The last seven years, my life's been taken up by the gym and, uh, and having little people running around me. So, uh, that's it. I'm quite a, a simple kind of dude, really. That's great. I appreciate you giving us that yeah. description of that. Um, what I would like to delve into first, obviously, like you talked about there, before it was called, oh, what it's called now, Proactive Fitness, it was called Proactive yeah. Performance. And I wanted to ask you kind of a bit more depth in terms of what was the switch like going from a sort of semi-professional sports, you know, even full-time, I think you imagine you was first, um, yeah, and then yeah. going from that to, to becoming a full-time business owner. And like, how did you find that as a change to your, to, to you? Yeah, um, difficult. I mean, one of the reasons that I wanted to open the gym, obviously I, I loved training. I, I loved being around the boys as it were and as much as I loved playing the games it's the atmosphere that you get you know as you all know yourself when you're mm-hmm. around like-minded people and that that training environment and and the way that you put in having um like an end goal almost you know like seeing the fruits of your labor with with feeling stronger and, and fitter and better on the field um 
because I was a little, I was a lazy bastard originally. I, I mean, I, I from like late teen years when stuff starts to get a little bit more serious, I hated it. I hated conditioning. I hated the weights room. It, it, it wasn't something. I probably told myself I was interested in it, but when it came down to it and, and shit got hard, I wasn't the hardest working guy there. And then I don't know what it was. Like I just had this this you know this moment where I realised that the, the harder I worked off the field, the easier everything was going to be. And I think it's probably like in my years at Doncaster, and then especially when I went to York, I started training properly and looking into strength and conditioning, and uh, it became an interest for me. You know, it, yeah. was, sort of, it was a hobby. Uh, along, even though obviously it was it was affecting what I did on the field because you know I'm from a generation of of, of athletes, let's call them that. When I was younger, training was about getting big. It was about yeah. looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. There wasn't any, you know, power cleans. There wasn't, you know, front squats and and RDLs and what have you. It was about pec flies and fucking calf raises. Do you know what I mean? So learning that for myself, yeah, it was. It was literally was. It was about you know that that whole Bradford Bulls tight t-shirts. Everybody looks like a yeah. a little bodybuilder running around rugby field. And you know, I started to learn a little bit, and and I was interested in in the science behind it anyway and and you know I was always interested in the anatomy weirdly um from being a kid and I, I sort of looked at like what do I want to do what do I want to do after this and, and a company called Fit UK came into a lot of professional sports clubs at that time and delivered courses to players to give them something to do you know once they're finished you know nobody earns enough money in rugby to, to retire on it's not football no. You know, so there's initiatives put into place by the rugby league to, to give people something as far as education is concerned. And that kind of, that started my journey because I did the PT qualification. But I also then started to do some tutoring for Fit UK because I was a qualified tutor as well. So mm-hmm. I sort of started getting these ideas about the gym, but opening a gym when you've got two kids and a mortgage yeah. and a wife and it's like, it's, you know, it, there's absolutely no um, security in that whatsoever. Yeah, and I wasn't a businessman. I did, it is a big risk. Uh, it was a massive risk. And I, I remortgaged my house to do that at the time. And I look back now and I think, how the fuck did I manage to do that? Like, how, how have we got to the point right now? And, you know, it was, it was a case of trying to cover my bases. So you'll remember way back when, when I did open the gym, um, we had a room in there. So Fit UK used to pay rent on the room. I was also getting paid a wage from Fit UK to deliver the courses, which kind of covered the overheads and it gave me a bit of a security blanket as far as my own personal income was concerned. Um, and then it allowed me to open this facility where guys like you, that was sporting, that was rugby players, athletes, weightlifters, powerlifters, could have a gym that they could flourish in because you know your typical commercial gym, they're probably not, they're getting better to be honest, but at that time they probably weren't the the best environments to be training in for people like you and me. I basically created a gym for myself. I created yeah. a place that I'd love to train in. And I knew there was like-minded people like myself that would also feel the same, which you can probably, you know, agree with because you've been there for seven years now. You know, we wanted to create an atmosphere and an environment that replicated everything that I loved about rugby. Yeah. All the boys in the free weight room together, all the boys after a session when you've been flogged in pre-season and it's fucking horrible at the time, but that feeling that you get after the session and everybody doing that together is, is something that is really difficult to replicate. And your average trainer and you, you know, you, 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 your weekend warriors, it's very difficult for them to experience that. So I wanted to create at that time an environment where people could feel that experience as well. It wasn't about, you know, tight t-shirts and bicep curls. It was about, serious trainers you know and that's what we created and it was amazing and and i think we we we've kind of kept kept that culture to this day even though it's a completely different place as far as the business setup is concerned and our development as a gym you know in a positive way but at that time it was like fuck yeah you felt you literally felt like you'd walked into a you know a pre-season session at a rugby club a professional team everybody's doing fucking power cleans you know front squatting heavy weights it was like like it was amazing everybody was buzzing off each other but you know, I knew there was something in that and that's what I was passionate about. And I think that's what gave me the drive to make it work. You know, I, 
I've said already a couple of times, I didn't have a fucking clue. I didn't know what VAT was. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. I didn't know, you know, profit margins and all the things that, that take up my day-to-day life now. You know, what I did know was I was a good coach and I knew that I could get the best out of people. You know, I did my UKS, UKSC accreditation. You know, I was in the top 7% qualification-wise of, of coaches in the country. And, and I knew that I had the passion to make it work. Um, and that's something I'm a big believer in now. Like, it's something that I, I kind of preach about is I think for me, if, if shit's left up to me, I'm really confident in my own abilities to make things work. If I want something bad enough, I'll fucking get it. You know, if I, if I want to make something work, I'll get it. And I will take responsibility for that. I hate leaving shit up to other people. I'm a pest when, it, you know, when you're chasing orders or, or you know, you, you rely, this house move, for example, I'm ringing the solicitors every day. I'm ringing the estate agents every day, like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Because I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to that. So I knew that it was a risk, but I knew I'd make it work because I had to. Yeah. <laughs> choice. You know what I mean? I just remortgaged my house and, and, and put all my eggs into one basket. And, you know, luckily, luckily, it's worked out really, really well. But because we made changes, because we learned, because we made failures, and because we adapted, um, you know, it, it, it's worked to what it is today. You know, we can go into that in more detail later on if you want to. But, you know, it was, it was a hard transition, mate. It was a hard transition to go back to your question. But the one thing that I did really, really enjoy and, and the one thing that I'm... So what I'm looking at. People ask me if I miss rugby. I don't miss playing rugby. I would miss it more if I didn't work in an environment that I work in now. If I sat at a desk at nine to five, oh, sure. you know, in, in, yeah, yeah, in shirt and trousers and stuff like that, it'd kill me. It'd kill me. But, you know, the one thing that I wanted to do was create an environment that I want to work in, you know, be around people that I want to be around and, and, and create a culture and a culture that I loved playing sport and, and carrying that camaraderie over. So, you know, it, 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 we knew that we knew that we was onto something, but we just didn't know really how to steer that ship, if that makes yeah. sense. That's, that's a really good answer to that question for me. And I, I was just going to kind of go on to like another question that I was going to follow up with, but I feel like you've pretty much answered it in terms of... Go on, ask it anyway, David. It was, it was, it was basically just to ask you how, if you still miss that camaraderie of being in a team environment. You know, how, how did you feel moving away from being in a, a full-time yeah. sports environment? I mean, obviously, like yeah. you said, you've gone into something that you are passionate for and you're still able to have that day-to-day banter with your clients and stuff like that so you've still got that and with your coaches yeah we we get away with murder there like we 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 are piss takers and i think that's what attracts people to us we're just real guys like we do know what we're doing um we 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 just don't believe in our own hype because we're just we're just dickheads we're just dickheads that want to take the piss and you've been around you've been around ruby changing rooms all your life like that's what that's where it comes from that's what attracts people like us to the sport and, and, and team sports in general and being around like-minded people and, and just being in, you know, then changing rooms and on the bus on the way back from a game. You, for me, you cannot, you cannot, not replicate that, but you, you cannot um, not put enough value into how much that means. It's not the 80 minutes, you know what I mean? It's the other stuff. People um, can't understand and, and, that. But the car, the car, and it, until you're around it, until you're in it, they just, they just don't. And they are. When I think of playing, I miss the car journeys. Like I was, I was chatting to a mate of mine not long ago, and we was talking, reminiscing about, you know, some of the stupid shit we used to do in the car journeys on the way to to Doncaster five times a day, you know, a week. So everyone was full time there, and all that kind of stuff. And they're the memories that I've got. Like I've, I haven't got that many memories of actually playing. Because like yeah. it was your job, is what you did. Like that's the shit you did week in, week out. It's the it's the holidays, it's the car journeys, it's the camaraderie. And if I didn't have something similar to that, I would miss it yeah. massively. I miss it anyway. You know, I, I probably I probably retired too early, Dave. If I'm being completely honest, like I had a little go at reunion and I had that year at Westall, but I probably stopped playing at, at, at championship level. Uh, a little bit too early but I'm not going to cry over spilt milk I'm not going to look back and go why did I do that but at the time it was the right thing to do and at the time it was a choice between family future job and playing rugby and my future job was giving up the time to actually build a client base to start coaching with the aspiration of opening up a gym and now if that hadn't worked out I'd look back at that time and go why the fuck did I do that 
But now I look where I'm at now and I look what we've created now, seven years down the line, I think actually it was the right decision. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, well, like you say, you've, you've done the right thing in terms of looking after yourself and looking after the business to what it is now. I just wanted to go on yeah. there um, a bit now is to talk about sort of, Proactive is basically being created from like scratch and in terms of the community and culture. How did you find that process of creating that sort of community and culture that you have created there now? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the proactive fitness that we know now, um, it, was, it was easier because we became a private gym. You know, there's a handful of people that still do their own thing. You'd be one of them. But, you know, one of the best things that happened to me in, in my life and obviously my, in my business career was me in somebody who had the same aspirations as me, but also was just the same as me as a person. And that was Jay, like Jay is me 10 years younger. Um, you know, he was, a, he, he had a bit between his teeth. He, he fucking grafted his balls off. And, and when he became an, you know, Jay started out as a member, Jay became an apprentice, Jay became a coach, he became a freelance coach. We, he then bought my ex-business partner out. We then bought out Fit UK. And then from there, it's just a completely different place. And the culture we had in the gym originally is proactive performance. It kind of created itself because of the type of gym that we run. There was a real hard working, you know, yeah. lads, lads, lads. Chalk everywhere. Chalk everywhere, you know, shit everywhere, no paint on the walls, like the track had tears in it. Yeah. Nobody gave a fuck because we could lift heavy weights and we could do what we want. And it was like a, it was like the world's biggest garage gym, really, wasn't it? Where it was, all the lads yeah. got together and trained. And, you know, it's not somewhere where I look at our membership base now, we're probably about 70% female. You know, we attract a group of people that want to work really hard, that, that appreciate coaching. The, and, and that want to have a laugh and, and enjoy the experience of coaching in our gym because we will take the piss out of you. You know, we've got anaesthetists that work in there. We've got lawyers that work in there. And then we've got somebody that just has like a fairly normal nine to five job. And it doesn't matter. As soon as you come through that door, the best of the experience, which yeah. is, we'll have a laugh. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your training history is. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in your bank account. We are creating a culture here where we'll work hard, we'll have fun. Because that's what it comes down to, Dave. Like, if you don't enjoy the process, you will not get results. You know, we can go into the finite detail of science and anatomy and biomechanics and fucking sets and reps and periodization. At the end of the day, nine out of ten people that, that walk in a gym, if they do that consistently two, three times a week, you know, 52 weeks a year, then they'll get results. They'll get yeah. results, results through consistency. And the reason that most people fail in gyms is because they don't train in an environment or train with people where A, they get told what to do by experts, but B, they enjoy the process. They want to fucking be there. And one thing that we say at our place is we are going to make this the best hour of your day. And it is because oh everybody's got everybody's got kids and everybody's got a job and everybody's got that kind of live for the weekend, nine to five attitude. Or actually, what about if we just come in this place, shut the door, and for an hour, you can fucking do what you want. You can be it's whoever a release, you want to be. It? You can, it is a release, mate. It's a bit of catharsis for people, but you know, to walk in there and get a high five off somebody, get your ass slapped, not now, social distancing, you know, and somebody call you fucking shagger. Now then shagger, like this, that, the other, and the piss taking, and you know, there's people go for a drink together and all that kind of stuff, like, you don't get that in a normal gym. Everybody, every normal gyms, people are looking at you and judging you because you're not wearing the best gear or you're not lifting the biggest weight or, you know, you're not doing bicep curls in the squat rack. Whereas in that place, like, it's it's our own little fucking safe haven. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, one of the biggest things that you don't even get judged in, and like say, you've got no mirrors and stuff like that for people to do any of that rubbish. So, you know, that's a great that's thing. That's all I can see yeah. myself, Dave, when I'm doing <laughs> Um, but um, following that, yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, that, that's it. Following that, what did you learn from professional sport that you now apply in, a, in your business today? What you know, like, has it had an effect on your values for the gym? Um, yeah, well, on me, really, mate. More than anything, it's like it, it, there's. I can explain this. 
there is, there's, there's always like a, a cause and effects. Like I just don't think there are lucky people in the world that fall on the feet. But I think, you know, one of the best things anybody ever told me, <clears throat> and it's, it's massively overused now, but I, I was lucky enough to be coached by a guy called Ellery Hanley. You will know who Ellery Hanley is. No, like, no. The best British player of all time and just an absolute inspiration. And, He's one of the only guys that's like coached me or I've been around that at first was kind of in awe of him because of who he was. He's like the fucking daddy, isn't he? And uh, one of the best things he ever said to us was control the controllables. And he was talking about that in like a rugby context. Uh, But I just apply that to to my life now. And I wind my missus up somewhat rotten because she's quite stressy naturally as a person. She'll worry about a lot of stuff that she has no direct influence over. So when it came to opening the gym, I knew that I had a direct influence over the success of that gym. Even if I was a complete novice when it came to running a business, the reason that that place was still standing and the reason that that place has now become a success is because we were in control of our own destiny, as, as daft yeah. as that sounds. And 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 if. For me, we only have so much energy and we only have so much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like effort and, and, and ability to give a fuck for long enough in the day to actually concentrate your efforts into something productive. And I think when we're trying to take on too much information and we give a shit about what other people think and we are bombarded now with mobile phones and, and, and Instagram and Facebook and this and that and buy this product what have you. Like, there's only fucking so much that we can take, whereas I don't want to blow smoke up my own ass. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It could be looked at as being a little bit too blasé and it could be looked at as, as not giving a, a, enough of a fuck about other things. But unless I have a direct say or a direct influence over a situation or an environment, I really don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. Like, it is what it is. Like, I know that's, again, another of you saying, but, and, and I think that's the reason that the gym became a success and that's some of that I took from rugby. If I don't work hard, then I won't get picked. And I, you know, I was, I was club captain at York for three years and it wasn't because I was the best talker and it wasn't because I was like the best player there. But, but you know, there was guys that had fucking international owners, there was, you know, ex-Super League players and all that kind of stuff. But like, I was just a big believer in if you do your job and if I do my job and if he does his job collectively as a team, we'll do all right. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, there's the, you've got to do your own thing and you've got to look after your own shit and you've got to make your tackles and you've got to carry the ball and you've got to fucking eat well off the field and you've got to train and you've got to turn up and all those fucking things. Every single one of those things I have direct control over. And if I don't get picked because I'm not fit enough and because I've been eating shit and drinking too much beer and all those things, that's my fucking fault. Nobody else's fault. If the business doesn't become a success, that's my fault. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic now. We've been closed for three months. Our door has not been open for three months. And these people that come to our gym that we're lucky enough to be associated with have stood by us over the last three months so that we have a gym to open off the back of this. Now, you know, we're not the cheapest gym in the world. We're a personal training on the gym. We could be the first thing that people would get rid of if they had financial issues themselves. We had people calling us in the first week saying, can I pay you more money? Can I increase my membership tier because I want to make sure that you guys get through this? And it's like, you cannot fake that community. That doesn't happen by accident. You know what I mean? That's amazing to hear that someone would be willing to just, you know, dip into their own pocket and, and to admit, yeah. you know, keep you, you know, thinking like that. Honestly, it's been one of the most humbling things. And I know it's, <laughs> there you go. There's a job. Yeah, they were. Uh, we've lost people. We have, we have lost, I'm not going to go into the numbers, but we have lost no. a lot of people, but we get that. We understand that. Like people have lost jobs, people have been furloughed and all those things. But, Going back to your question, the, we controlled the type of environment that we wanted to work in, which then had a knock-on effect of the type of people that wanted to be associated with us. And sometimes it's in situations like this when shit is the fan that that actual community is tested. Because we can all say, yeah, we're all fucking best friends and we've got the best community in the world. But actually now, 
I can say we have because we're three months down the line, you know, and we've still got 80 people booking in a day yeah. to do Zoom personal training sessions with us, you know, day in, day out. We've got people still paying us, you know, what they was paying us before or more and some less, which is fucking great. They're still providing and still giving up something to make sure that we've all got a gym to come back of at the end of this. And it's like, I, I get to sit here now with my gym being forced to close and say that we will be able to reopen again after this and come back fucking stronger. That's so great. That, so, for me, it, 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 the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? That's a direct, that's, that's a tangible result of the shit that's normally up in the air, which is community and all those things that people talk about. And it's like, what does that mean? Whereas yeah. now, actually, we can say, well, that's what it fucking means because we've got a direct um, result of the community that we've created. Oh, that's great to hear that. Um, I just wanted, just then when you were just on about that, I think that's a really key point, just that control the controllables. I think, like you say, today we seem to live in a world that we pass the blame on to something else. Like you say, like we don't take control of that action. We just seem to, to pass that on and, and, and pass the blame book, really. So that is certainly something I would... You know, certainly something that I first was made aware of in rugby in terms of controlling that, and I think more people need to use that as a, a way of life of being able to con- control their own actions and control you've, everything. You've got to be accountable, Dave. And I think, like, I don't want to. I don't want to go. Uh, I'm not a mental health expert at all. You know, I'm happy. That's all I can talk about, really. And and, and that's as far as my expertise goes. But I, I do honestly think that we live in a culture of, of blame, and we live in a, cul- a culture where people will not take responsibility and accountability for the way they look, the way they feel, the way they act, their lack of aspiration. You know, I think it's really, really simple. People have got issues that I'm not qualified to talk about, so I'm not going to talk about that at all. However, I think sometimes it's like, if you had a goal, if you made sacrifices to work towards that goal, if you ate meat and vegetables, you drank water and you got some sleep, you'd be all right. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes people can focus on those, just those little things because it's like, oh, it's this, it's that, it's this fucking issue that I've got over here. You know, let's talk weight loss. I'm not a weight loss expert. You know, I'm I'm, I'm a a, a coach. I've never, ever, ever, ever said that I'm an amazing nutritionist. I'm not. I leave that up to other people. We've We've got people more qualified than me in our business that look after that sort of thing. However, what I'm not going to do is start talking about hormone deficiencies and X, Y, and Z, when actually the reason that I don't have a six-pack is because I absolutely love a beer on a weekend and a full tube of Pringles. That's my fault. I did that, right? I'm also, I also now don't give a fuck. I'm happy with the way that I look. If I wanted to look better, I know the changes that I need to make. What I wouldn't do is go finding all the fucking information in the world and, and, and blaming other things for my lack of six-pack, when actually it's because I absolutely love a brew dog on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Do you see what I mean? Like that, yeah, that's definitely. the point. Like, I'm not strong enough. All right, get stronger then. Go to the gym, train. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it's my genetics. Get fucked, get stronger, go to the gym, train. Like, look after your own shit. And I think you make a good point. Like, there is a blame culture. People don't take accountability for stuff. And I'm only talking about things, you know, there are other underlying issues with some people that do need more help. And again, I'm not going to go into that. I'm not an expert. But I think if people just started owning their own shit a little bit more and taking a little bit more pride in their own journey, as it were, without getting too deep about it, I think mm-hmm. they'll probably find out they can achieve some really fucking good things. Definitely. Right, I'm going to move on to now. It's more towards like the present in terms of the gym. Um, and I obviously yeah. covered this a little bit with Jay um, in terms of, you know, we're currently obviously going through a you know, pandemic and a situation yeah. where we're currently still in, under a bit of a lockdown situation. It's not what it was before. Um, and I just wanted yeah. to ask you sort of like what have been the challenges for yourself personally uh, first or sort of business? Yeah, I, I think going back to what I was talking about before, because I'm a little bit of a control freak. I think the thing that I've struggled with the most personally is that the whole thing has been taken out of our hands. You know, our, our baby has been taken away from us. Yeah. You know, we, we, we found out, the, so we, we was literally sat in a meeting. There was Ben and my missus, myself and Jay sat down. I was like, right. Cause there was talk of a lockdown coming in. 
and yeah. you know some people started to stay away and was like look do we do we take the reins and do we close the gym is it irresponsible yeah. for us to stay open so it was literally in the middle of that meeting when the announcement was made that that, that gyms had to close and our, our initial fear was fuck like that's it game over nobody's going to stay with us nobody's going to keep paying us you know yes. 159 pound a month when they can't come in the gym and then was like look let's turn this around from literally the friday night we had a meeting with the boys on the saturday and then by the monday morning we had 105 people booked in for online personal training by zoom wow and it was like wow fucking yeah wow exactly so we was just reactive and that's what it came down to and that that was different for us excuse the pun we are very proactive you know we know our numbers we know what we want to get we know how many people we normally lose we know how many people we want to take home we know where our gym wants to be and we are very numbers driven in in the way that we run our business which jay maybe spoke about a little bit more but then to have that taken away and to go look close your doors it's like right fuck now what what do we do like what do we do we've stood in front of laptops like coaching people to do press-ups it's like I didn't train for this. We don't know what we're fucking doing. I think the way that we've adapted to that situation, there was a lot of other gyms like ours. We're part of uh, like an alliance, like a, a fitness business alliance, um, you know, for the sort of best training facilities across the country. You know, we was the only gym to do that. We was the only gym to do that. And I will go into the numbers. Our retention rate over this has been 80%. We've lost wow. 20% or 20% of frozen and will be back. So we've retained 80% of our client base. There's gyms in there that have lost 50%. Yeah. You know, there's gyms in there that have lost 60% because they just didn't know what to do. Whereas, you know, the challenge for us was to be reactive and to stay, you know, uh, as positive as possible. And again, control the controllables. What can we do about it? Well, the one thing we can't do is open. The other thing yeah. that we can't do is coach our people in person. So what can we do? What's the next best thing that we can do? I'll tell you what. We'll coach them online. We'll give our equipment away. We'll give our dumbbells and kettlebells to our members. We'll coach them online. We're not going to turn it into star jumps and bear peas like all the other online coaches and YouTube fitness videos you see. You know, we're still going to give you coaching. You're still going to get an experience of community because you're training with your friends and you can see everybody else's faces. You know, who's doing the, the quizzes on a Friday night so people could have a drink and we could yeah. see and we could take the piss and we just tried to recreate the gym in a, in a virtual world. But I'm not going to lie, at, at first, it was horrendous. Like, I was shitting myself. You know, we, we just went down a worst-case scenario of, of the numbers. And, and that's, again, where I found it helped me get through this was to control the numbers and go, look, this is where we're at. This is where we can save some money. This is what it's going to look like if we lose X, Y, and Z. And then just literally reverse engineered it from there. So, if, yeah. you know, if we just sat back and went, you know, it is what it is, like fucking coronavirus, like everybody else seems to do, seems to have done. It's like, oh, well, fuck, I've lost 50%. <laughs> yeah, well, it's easy to do that. And go, oh, I've lost 50% of my members. Well, yeah, but what did you do? Like, what did you do to, yeah. <laughs> to not lose 50% of your members? So, you know, it was difficult. It was difficult because what we've been speaking about already is, is that community and being around people and taking the piss out of people. And I found now more in this last three months that I need to be around people. I've been in a team sport since I was five years old. I need to see people and, you know, fucking running the gym, take the piss out of everybody and, 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 and you know, high fives and all yeah. that bullshit. I need that. And this last three months has kind of showed me that I need that more than ever. So... We've done well, mate. We've done well. It was it was scary at first. Um, so our, I mean, our aspirations going forward is is to secure the future of the gym. You know, we want to ring fence our members that have stuck by us, and you know, we you know we will be forever, you know, in debt to those guys to oh, give sure. us the opportunity to go at it again. You know, but it has given us an opportunity to to reset. It has given us an opportunity to change a few things in the business. You know, our business is really systematic in the way that it works because, you know, Jay and I have created an environment where we can work in that way. You know, we, you know, systems avoid any fuck-ups on a day-to-day -day basis. So we are very systematic in the way that we do things, like I say. So, but it's just given us the opportunity to look at a few things and say, well, maybe that won't work. In. You know, we're doing it that way because that's the way we've always done it. 
you yeah. know, which is the way a lot of people go about things. Well, actually, do we need to do that anymore? Like, or can we add this in here? Is there anything we can do in the business? So, I mean, this next quarter, you know, to the end of the year, I think it's just going to be about retaining the members that we've got, yeah. building trust again in training and in gyms. And then, you know, maybe look to take on some new members. I think there's a lot of people that have created positive exercise habits during this three months. You know, there's more people cycling and running than, than I've ever seen. Uh, you know, everybody's training at home. Maybe they want to start taking that to the next level. But maybe they don't want to go in a commercial gym where you can't keep social distancing and isn't the cleanest and what have you, where in our gym, it's limited numbers. It's appointment only. It's, you're getting a bit of a human touch and yeah. community exactly that thing that we've all missed out on for the last three months so you know i think we could thrive off the back of it and, and help as many people as we can and you know once that is secure and once we are back in a position where the gym is is i don't say comfortable but i don't know what the right word is really like like self-sufficient again yeah then i don't know me me and jay i i, I don't mind telling you i'm pretty sure jay's an open an honest guy like he, he's an open book I've quite enjoyed the stress of this situation because we are very systematic and because the gym was self-sufficient, we could have been guilty of resting on our laurels if we were that way inclined. Whereas this last three months, it's been like, fuck, like shit's at the fan. You know, we're, we're, we're working on that. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. You're working on adrenaline again and it's like, right, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. And it's been strangely enjoyable because it reminds me of what it was like seven years ago, which I will moan like fuck about day in, day out and go, God, it was so tiring and I hated it and I was working, you know, 18 hour days and all this bullshit. Actually, it was quite cool. So, you know, there might be other things that we might do. You know, there might be uh, other gyms. There might be, you know, second facilities. If you'd have asked me this question a year ago, I'd have said no. Um but who knows? I'm 35 years old. I've got lots and lots of time in front of me. You know, surely there's something else that we could do and, and other environments that we can create for people to, to train and, and sort of get the same experience that we have. And I think that might be something that we look at in the future. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to follow on that little bit of a point that you made where you said about people obviously taking new exercise habits and, and increasing obviously their exercise. I do think there's another little thing that you... I was just going to pick up on here was the fact that um, a lot of people obviously after New Year come to sign, sign up to gyms and stuff. And I, I imagine it won't be just people that are picking up their activity levels. It could be the people that have actually um, spent 10 weeks just sitting on the sofa, you know, just basically not doing anything with that time. And they may also want to be the sort of people that come to you. Or obviously, like you said, the people that have been active will maybe come towards you and join the gym. Yeah. Another one, you know, it yeah, might be a real, it. it'll certainly be a surge in, in that sort of activity levels once that facility is open again. Yeah, 100%. I think the biggest, the biggest stumbling block that anybody's going to find is, is trust. And, and I think when it, you know, people look at gyms as like these overcrowded, unclean, you know, free for alls. Whereas when people come and experience the way that we work, where, you know, we're out, we are a private facility. It is a limited amount of numbers that are in the gym. We can maintain social distancing. And that's been one of the other things. It's been so frustrating to see other industries and other shops and what have you that are able oh. to open. When I know for well, we can keep better social distancing than most of them. So one of my, to go back to your previous questions, one of my biggest emotions over the last three months has been frustration. Um, but yeah, back to that, mate. I think, I think you're right. I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people that have looked at the last couple of months as like an extended holiday. You know, the weather's been great. People have been in the garden, drinking beer. You know, Tuesday night feels like Saturday night. Um, so I think, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe will need to get up off the backsides and, and, and do something positive. I think there's a lot of people that, from a mental point of view, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm lucky enough to have a family around me and, and see other faces day to day. You know, some people have gone for the last three months on their own, yeah. you know. Um, so I think coming back to a gym where there is community and there is uh, a, a good environment to be around, I think it's going to tick that box for a lot of people as well. And, you know, I think, I think people that have picked up new habits that have now made exercise a part of their life, they've got the ball rolling, which is always the hardest bit. It takes more energy to start a ball rolling than it does to keep it rolling. I think if they want to keep it rolling and they want to take it to the next level, 
they're, they're maybe going to want coaching. They're maybe going to want some expertise. And that is exactly what we do in a safe environment where you also have a fucking laugh. So I think from that point of view, yeah, if you take all the things that this, you know, this lockdown has, has taken away from us, I know as a gym, we can provide that. Yeah. You know, if you've been a lazy bastard, let's get you back moving. You know, let's lose some weight. Let's 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 fucking open your body up and discover some movement. You know, if you started cycling and you've never trained before in your life, maybe you want to start doing some resistance training. Come get some coaching. You know, if you've missed camaraderie, come have your yeah, ass slapped right. from two meters away. You know, <laughs> in a positive way. Uh, people need to come to our gym to realize that we're not just a load of perverts. Like, no. so. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right, mate. You're right. I think I think it will it'll be like a, a new January the first, just on steroids. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for yourself, like you mentioned there briefly about people forming habits themselves. Have you formed anything new, or you know, created some new ideas, or formed anything differently from what you would have done before this? Um. Um. I think I think the only thing that we've done that we was probably a little bit guilty of, and this was my fault for always being busy. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Is is like everybody else. As a family, we have made more of an effort to to exercise together. You know, whether that's going for a walk together, we've been out for a bike ride. Mrs. finally bought a bike, so we've all been out for a bike ride today. The first time the four of us have been out together. You know, training with my kids more. You know, my daughter's ten. She's an absolute fucking athlete. So she just wants to train all the time. You know, we yeah. was doing PE lessons online with her. So I've been going running with her and, and, and uh, training with her in the garden and just using uh, the environment more, uh, cycling, running, you know, exploring, you know, rather than just my training being gym-centric. And my body feels better for it. You know, I, I've sort of, obviously, because I can go into the gym on my own and train. I've, I've been in and training, me and Jay training the other day. And, my strength's still very decent. Like it's still probably where it was pre-lockdown, but my body feels better. You know, my yeah. shoulder was knackered before; it feels decent. My lower back—I've had surgery on my lower back in the past. That sometimes gets a little bit niggly. Touch wood—I've had no issues. It's just trying to become a more well-rounded trainer, which I think is one of the only sort of real positive habits I've kind of created uh, through this. Um, I'm not going to lie, I've also quite enjoyed just a little bit of time to myself as, and my family because obviously we are really busy and we're always in the trenches with the gym, which I love, don't get me wrong, but it has been nice to just like go, right, come on, let's go for a walk and not be looking at the clock and wondering when I need to be back at the gym or when I've got a consultation and all that kind of stuff. So I think one thing that I want to do going back to work is just to set a few more boundaries is, look, this is my time here. Yeah. This is where I need my time. You know, And that's not to say I'm going to be lazy, but for me, I feel more energized and I feel like a better person when I've almost been a little bit selfish. Jay did a really good post on it the other day. Jay, Jay posted on Instagram, I don't know if you saw it, saying yeah. that he's been selfish and he's had one of the best months of his life and sometimes being selfish has like negative connotations and people think that's a really bad trait well actually if if you take some time for yourself to train you know for your own mental health it'll probably make you a better person with the people that you're around anyway and it'll probably make you more productive aware so you know there's nothing wrong with that yeah I, I think that's definitely certainly a point that i looked at myself in that way like i probably looked around and feel like oh, i need to change other people but really it's it's myself i've got to look inwardly and and look how I can change, you know, myself first. And, and that comes from, like you say, giving yourself more time and, and look at ways I, you can do that. And I, I felt I, I certainly... Think, I think the problem is, Dave, I think we create false expectations or we, we feel like people expect a certain amount from us. Have you read um, The Chimp Paradox? I have, yes. So, do you know, what? There's, a, there's a part in that book that sort of stuck with me. And it's like, he uses an example of somebody staying late after work. You know, they finish at five. There's a little bit of work that needed finishing. So they stayed till half past five. And then the next day, they create their own little anxiety when it gets to five o'clock. Because they're like, if I leave at five, people will now think I'm a lazy bastard yeah. because I left at half past five last night. So then you've created your own issues and you've created like your own little anxiety of, well, fuck, everybody's going to think I'm really lazy because I'm not there. And I think sometimes when it's like, I kind of feel like I have to justify to my staff and sometimes to Jay 
and go, this is why I'm not at the gym. Where actually, if I've done everything that I need to do and everybody's happy and everybody's productive, why do I need to do that? And I think sometimes we create those issues ourselves. My missus is the world's worst. Like I speak to my missus about this all the time. You know, it's better now she works in, she works with the gym. But you know, when she worked in the NHS previously, she'd create her own fucking anxiety thinking that everybody expected because she'd set this, this bar here, but only in her own mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody expected you to stay late and finish those fucking five emails. Do them tomorrow. Do them tomorrow, but then if she didn't do them, she'd, she'd, she'd get pent up about it. And I think, you're right, I don't, I don't think it's other people and what other people are thinking of you. I think it's what we think other people are thinking of us. Yeah, I, th- I think that's certainly like a justification. And I think a lot of the stuff I've read, certainly from sort of stoicism sort of stuff nowadays, is just to not let people, like, just don't care about what people think of you and stuff like that. Just, you know, just ignore that sort of, in that sort of world of thinking now. It's hard though these days, isn't it? Because everything is. is like instant gratification. Like it's all about the likes and it's all about the shares and Instagram and TikTok and all that sort of stuff. And like, you know, I'm not going to go into it too much, but I had to have that conversation with my daughter the other day. It's like, stop comparing yourself to other people. You're a 10 year old girl. Enjoy the process. Have fun. You are a young lady. You know, yeah. just stop looking at the other girls on TikTok and, you know, why do they get so many likes and this, that, yeah. and the other. It's like, Mate, it don't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's irrelevant. That's totally re- that's that relevant to me in terms mm-hmm. of. I think one of the things that people used to say about being present with that as well, like you know, say like people, how it's changed in like a concert setting, for instance. You go to a concert ten years ago, twenty years ago, no one would have had a phone out recording it. Now, some no. people spend the old ticket price that they've just spent watching it through their phone lens rather than and actually being present, enjoying the atmosphere and. You know, these are the things that have changed now, unfortunately, and hopefully more yeah. people will be more present and just forget about them. 100%. Don't get me wrong, I do record the odd thing now and again, but it's like <clears throat> talking about um, that whole changing room mentality before with rugby. You know, can you imagine if everybody had phones? Like, in back in the day, like, I sound like I'm a really old man, but, you know, you're using the changing rooms, fucking around with each other and the things you'd be doing and all that shite. These days, all anybody does, as soon as somebody's acting up or if somebody, somebody, somebody's being daft or like if you've got a few beers in town, just the phones are out videoing people. Oh. Like It's just like, stop it. Just yeah. have fun without documenting absolutely fucking everything. It does drive me insane. But I'm an old man now. In this whole generation of, of this digital world that we live in, I'm, I'm like, I'm past that. And I'm yeah. quite glad about that, actually. Yeah, glad that, I'm sure you'd be glad that you're not involved in that sometimes at rugby now we're changing rooms with people on the phones. Oh, minutes, yeah, I could be doing with it. Yeah. I could be doing with it. It's awful. Yeah, it's right. ridiculous. Let's move, let's move on futuristically. Um, I asked this question to Jay, and I'm going to ask it to you. Um, and basically, I think you might have maybe come across this question before, but basically, is what would be your perfect day? And like, what would you bring you your like your most fulfillment, not so much pleasure? So, like, what would be your sort of perfect day when this is obviously we're not in lockdown? Yeah, cool. Yeah, good question. Um, um, for me, it would be it would be waking up early, but with no alarm. So you know, six o'clock or something. Coming down, having a coffee going through like boring shit emails notifications and getting that out of my head and then going into the gym um training myself so so getting a decent session in um and then just spending time at the gym i love sitting back and watching like people coming in people training but i have no involvement with them because like that was my baby and that's mine and Jay's baby now. And that was like, just to sit back sometimes and just take it, it in. Yeah. It sounds really, yeah, that's it, mate. You know, you've seen people come in and you've seen the people, you've seen the things that we've worked on with the boys get translated to the members. Like they are an extension of us and they bring their own shit to the table, those guys. But, you know, seeing things tick nicely so to get up on my terms have a coffee get some boring work stuff out the way and then train and then just kind of sit back in that environment and just be there just to piss take and you know just be a pest and just be around the place and just to make sure shit's running smoothly and then you know really simple you know now obviously we're talking about the walks and stuff come back spend some time with the family you know do something together 
um, instead of it being. I, I look back now, like three or four months ago, and it was everything was a rush. Fuck it, school run. It's this, it's that. It's pack ups, and you just don't get time to actually something you just mentioned a couple of seconds ago. Just to be present, go yeah. for a walk together. You know, sit down at the same table and eat a meal together, and just spend some time as a family. And for me, that's all it's really about. I am a really, really simple, boring person. I have no aspirations to, you know, drive super fast cars and you know, go on lavish holidays two to three times a year. Like for me, it genuinely just is about experiences. And if I can, you know, better myself in my training and I can be at my gym experiencing everything that Jay and I have worked so hard to create together and then to come home and, and, and spend time with a family that, you know, I'm proud to be a part of, yeah. that, that's it. I'm fucking done with that. I'm okay with that, you know, cook you know sit chill out watch a feel like honestly like that's that's me like i'd be all right with that i'm happy just zero stress very very chilled out kind of person that's really good to hear that yeah <laughs> that was really boring wasn't it yeah no it wasn't boring at all i just remember i just remember the first time i asked jay that and he was like is it, is it in hull and i was like no well it has to be sorry it has to be in hull i think he was suggesting like it was going to be on some beach or something and i was like no yeah jay likes the sun doesn't he jay he'd be wandering down the beach in his new shit flip-flops that he's bought he's seen his new sandals i have indeed yeah and it'd probably be some yeah. short 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 shorts as well yeah very short shorts <laughs> is, is 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 childish sandals and uh topping up his tan but yeah no he's jay's from jay's um I don't want to speak for Jay. I'm pretty sure Jay's similar to me. Like he, he Jay's about experiences. You know, maybe different experiences. Me, me and him are in different places as far as that's concerned. Like, you know, I, I've got kids and, and a family, and I'm 10 years older than him. But you know, morally, we are cut from the same cloth, yeah. and that's what's made it work between us. Like that's you know, to have a partnership and to go through the shit that me and Jay have been through over the last seven to eight years together, and still be fucking best mates off the back of it. Like, it is testament to the fact that we are just, you know, pretty much the same person. And, and he is about experiences. We have the same morals. Yeah. And I think that's why why it works. Definitely. Um, and now I'd like to ask, I mean, I touched on, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I probably want to go a bit further afield. So obviously said about sort of what are your like ambitions like moving forward in the future? Is there any like personal ambitions or, I mean, obviously touched on the gym and potential things, but. Yeah. Honestly, Dave, I think this is, this is the one thing that I get most frustrated with myself about. And this is, this, I've got no uh, definite answer to here. I think I probably spent the last maybe year to two years thinking what's next. And that doesn't mean that I'm done with proactive. So when I talk about the future and I talk about other aspirations, the main thing is proactive fitness that is that's what provides me with a lifestyle that's what gives me enjoyment like that is our passion, fucking baby first and foremost definitely but because i am a business owner not a coach you don't create a business to create yourself a job mm -hmm. and at first that's what it was obviously like everybody else but we've created a business to touch and help as many people as possible and to create opportunities for other people, such as our coaches. So if our coaches are absolutely fucking killing it on the gym floor and everything is running smoothly and systematically, there's only so much I can do and there's only so much I should do. Do you know what I mean? Because I surround myself with fucking people that are better at X, Y, and Z than I am. And, 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 and that does then create a little bit more time and I'm also aware of the fact that I'm still only 35, and I'm joking about being old, but I'm still 35 years old. It's like, what do I want to do? Like, what do I want to do in, in the future? And I was driven by sport, and I was driven by competition. And I always joke on my training. My training goes to shit when I've got nothing to train for, because I just get fucking lazy. And it's like, meh, I, I need to be working towards something. And the more successful, proactive gets the less hands-on I will need to be. Yeah. So then it begs the question, what do I want to do next? Which is, if I'm being completely honest here, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether, you know, like, it, would it be business mentorship? Would it be coaching mentorship? You know, I enjoy yeah, the business element of what we do. Could potentially, mate, like, not, not like in a sporting context. I probably coach coaches is yeah, something coach, that does yeah. interest me. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not being funny. The, the standard of personal training is shit. You know, the personal it's not training though, is it? itself. It's not governed. There is, there's no, there is no, there's no exam. There's no governing body to it. There is a governing body, but they don't govern it. If that makes sense. Um, I, I, I was a PT tutor for years, and the qualification is shit. It's, it's shit, and, and it's not the PT's fault. You know, they will do a qualification. They'll pay a grand, and in a weekend, they're a fucking PT, and they can go out in the big bad world and charge fifty pound an hour to stand next to, you know, an, an old lady doing leg extensions while they look through the phone on fucking Instagram, which I've seen in person. It's like. It's, it's daylight robbery. So I would like to improve the quality of coaching in the industry. But there are some already really good resources nationally. I think what I'd probably prefer to do is work with people in person more hands-on yeah. than, than running like a, a two-bit fucking CPD qualification that doesn't mean anything. It's more like working as a mentor more with, with younger coaches coming through, you know, run internship programs through the gym. Um, you know, Jay, Jay loves coaching first and foremost. Jay's more passionate about business than I am. I know my role in the business and I am passionate about business because I run a business. But I get turned on more by reading about training than I do reading about business, where I yeah. think with Jay now, He's the other way around, which is great because it works because we complement yeah, each other. So, you know, I think, I think Jim, you know, might look at something like the mentorship down the line. You know, we might look at other gyms. We might look at, you know, opening a gym that's completely different. You know, our gym is very much for the 35 to 65-year-old, you know, that, that is a real person that wants to get better and that's probably – you know, never trained before or had a little go at it, but just looking for more expertise. You know, could we look at opening a gym for absolute fucking animals where you just get destroyed? Do you know, because our gym is not for that. We, 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 we have some fucking animals in our gym, don't get me wrong, but we don't want to ruin people. You know, is there a space there for like your 18-year-old to 25-year-old, yeah. like the Saturday club that Jay, you know, that's Jay started that you've been to? Yeah. That atmosphere there, that, that, that fucking lads, 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 that practice performance used to be seven years ago. Is there a space for that? Is there a space for an older person's gym? You know, you know, a, a 50-plus gym that is more movement, correctional, yeah types of there's, there's, there's different I probably wouldn't open a second proactive fitness because there's no need no all locations are amazing yeah there's, there's different markets that you might get into it might be something completely different it might be something you know I've, I've dabbled thinking right I might get into property I don't know fuck all about property the one thing that I do know about is training so maybe there's something there um, but if I was to give you a, de a definitive answer of what is next I ain't got a fucking clue I ain't got a clue Blue, and that's some of that I need to sort out this moment in time I've got something to work towards which is getting our gym back on track and, yeah. and reopening and getting back to the sort of numbers and, and, and the challenge of building trust again and maintaining the distances and all these little extra challenges that we're going to have reopening in these circumstances but you know when things do get back to normal um, it's like right what next that's great like I say you might yeah. find you might find what you're wanting to do as you're going through like the reopening stage and, and it might fall into that I don't know like but. yeah of course mate. there'll be something because like I went back to earlier on I think I work better when I've got something to work towards and I work better when I'm a little bit a bit stressy I don't like being comfortable um, and if anything I don't mind saying maybe before all this we was at a point in the gym where we was at good numbers we're sitting our margins you know our coaches was killing it and maybe we did get a bit comfortable and maybe this has just been a bit of a fucking poke up the backside that we needed to get back on track and, you know, rekindle the fire a little bit. And at yeah. first that, that, that new, that new energy we're going to have is, is going to be getting our gym back on track. But then, you know, let's keep that ball rolling and see what else we can do. You know, fucking who knows? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's definitely been a wake up call for everyone. You know, this, this yeah, has been 100%. just a total thing. Um, I'm Not just going to ask given, is it? You know, no. No one would have Sorry, seen this. Sorry, no one would have foreseen no. this anyway. And like I say, it's, it's, it's maybe for some people it's been a, a blessing, and others it's been a hindrance. So it's it's just one of them. Like, yeah, you know, it's how, like you said, how you adapted and, and and took upon that. So what I was just going to do, I was going to ask one final question. I've not asked this to any of my guests before, but I want to ask you: Is what makes you stay humble? As a, as a as a question from this, what would you think keeps you humble? Um, 
I think just I, like you just said there, David, like fucking nothing's given, nothing's nothing's a certainty. You know, I have read the stoicism stuff. I'm not massively into it. I don't disagree with it. I just, I just kind of feel like I live my life that way anyway. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I just think one thing to take from that is you you are gonna die one day. You know, you are gonna okay. die one day, and 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 that could be tomorrow. Um, so I think for me, it's like I just want to be a person that people want to be around. I want to be a person that people like. I want to be a person where, you know, if you used to say, what's the fucking one thing you hate about him? People would struggle to answer that question. Um, you know, I, if I say that I'm going to do something to somebody, I, hopefully I would say that I do it. You know, I, I will always give my fucking 100% into any situation because I just think it, it's really easy to be a nice person. It's really yeah. easy to be a good person. You just fucking, like, do it. And I know that sounds really stupid, but, like, stop making everything a thing. You know, stop fucking blaming everything. Just, just crack on. You know, fucking be a nice person. Be polite. You know, you tell the yeah. person that you love that you love them. Be fucking kind. And remember, one day, you're going to die. You know, I've seen shit. I've seen people lose the thing in life that's fucking most precious to them. And I've seen people go through that and it's like, fuck. And that was a wake-up call to go, shit happens, you know, and, and nothing's nothing's a certainty, mate. And, and you know, I think that that is something, correct me if I'm wrong, that the stoicism stuff talks about a lot, you know, and, and I'm not quoting it for that reason, but it, I, I believe that is it's a massive thing. It's like, we only get one go, don't we? We do. I don't want to get too deep about it, but we only get one go. And like, it's scary to think that one day this is going to be all over with and the people that you surround yourself around now and the people that you love are going to watch you die and talk about you. And what are they going to say? You know, what are they going to say when, when my, again, don't want to get too morbid, don't want to get too deep, but if you was to write your own eulogy, what would you say? Yeah. You just, just do that. Just fucking do that. Just be that way so that somebody says something nice about you when, you, when you're fucking dead and gone. And that's, for me, that's what matters. And, and I will control everything within my power to make sure that people will say nice things about me when I'm older and gone and dead. And everybody has fond memories of me because it's going to fucking happen one day. Yeah, I like I say, I, I, I totally agree on that sort of path of, you know, thinking about that sort of where, like, Jay mentioned it before, like, you know, that could that could happen at any time on yourselves and, you know, people probably don't think of that and maybe just need to accept that as a, as a way of life now. Um, yeah, okay, of course. Of course. So we, we were always waiting, aren't we? People were always waiting for the next thing or the waiting, like, live your... I had, again, sorry to be boring and bring up my daughter, but I had this conversation with my daughter. She's getting to an age now where she's becoming more aware you know 10 year old girls now aren't 10 year old girls when i was no. 10 because because of social media and stuff like that and you know we do keep us safe but it's like you're always looking for the next thing you know you're never living in that moment it's always like what next what next what next yeah. and a lot of that is like from the gratification that they get from other things and it's like you, you're never happy you Phoebe, you're never happy you never if you draw a picture it's never good enough if you train you didn't train hard enough if you train too hard and got tired, it means that you're not good enough because you got tired. It's like, that's what training is. It's like, just enjoy the process and yeah. just live your life and enjoy that. Stop thinking of what's next because one day there won't be a fucking what's next. And then you look back at it and go, well, fuck me. Like, where was the end point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What was I waiting for? Like, just enjoy this time now. Like, just have yeah. fun, make people laugh make people jump, be a dickhead, be the clown in the room and, and just like laugh and enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Because like, that's what it's, it's all about. The best thing you said there is like, like I said, we've got one life, we might as well, you know, make the most of it and enjoy what we, we have. Yeah. It's real. a massively obvious thing, mate. Everybody fucking says that all the time, but it's so true. It is true. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, Alex. So where can people reach out for you if you, you know, to make contact with you, at, you know, Instagram or whatever so. yeah I'm, I'm not a massive I'm, I'm, a, I'm a flicker through instagram i'm not an instagram messenger probably probably facebook um you know is the best place for me so just obviously my name on facebook you know i, I accept most friend requests or message requests and stuff um or you know they could email us find our emails on the proactive website uh, which is proactivehold.fit um so yeah you know just just reach out to the proactive page or reach out to me personally um, I'm, I'm quite happy to answer any questions and help people because you know that's what it's all about. 
No, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I never expected, like when you mentioned it before, about, oh, I might, about coming on the podcast, but I've really, really enjoyed your insight today, just sharing everything from, like you say, your, your previous like career of being a professional athlete to what you are now as a business. And, you know, all I want for you to do now is, you know, build, you know the business is going through like a t- difficult time at the moment, but I'm sure like after this, it's just going to go from strength to strength from this. Like you say, you've learned from the, the difficulties of lockdown and now it's going to go from a, hopefully from maybe next month or whenever it'll be that you're going to go into a position where you are up and then it's just going to thrive from there. Um, yeah, I hope so. I appreciate that as well. Thank you, yeah. I just really thank you again for just jumping on. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, mate, pleasure. Thanks for having me on, mate. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Big thanks to Alex for taking time out to record the podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation with Alex. I felt some great bits on learning to be proactive in business and adapting to change. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share this podcast to anyone you may feel it will help. Stay safe, stay humble.